Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Give it to me, I'm worth it. Welcome in to 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980, the Odyssey app. Toby Altizer with you up until 6. 30-640 tonight. First pitch for the Nationals and the Phillies out in Williamsport. Checking Twitter here in the break before I get on the air, and I see Andrew Golden of the Washington Post going down the hill out in Williamsport. I've seen C.J. Abrams, Josiah Gray, and as I look now, I see one of the racing presidents, Teddy, headed down the sliding hill. <laughs> it looks like a fantastic time out in Williamsport. So we're definitely going to get into some Nationals talk to wrap up the show today as we lead into Nationals baseball. I'm excited to watch the game tonight. Sunday night crowds, you get the Williamsport, you get all the Little League stuff going on too. It's going to be a fantastic time tonight to watch the Nationals, so make sure you don't miss out on that. We're going to talk about them in just a little bit. But want to start with the Commanders, and we'll talk with Pete Medhurst coming up at 3.30. At 4 o'clock, want to get into the conversation about Sam Howell, named quarterback, we all kind of understood he was going to be the starter. But how long should that leash be? If you want to hop in, 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. We'll get into some players to watch in the preseason game tomorrow, as well as what I'm looking for overall. Again, feel free to hop in all throughout the show. I want to hear from you guys as we get ready for the game tomorrow against Baltimore. We'll hear a little bit from Sam Howell and, of course, We'll wrap up the show talking about the Washington Nationals. And if you haven't been watching them, you're missing out. Last night was a bit of a bummer just because of how bad the game finished. But even the beginning of that game was fun with how Jake Irvin pitched. Again, we'll get into that a lot deeper at the close of the show. If you want to hop in anytime during the show, the MGM National Harbor listener lines are open at 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067. You can tweet at me at Toby underscore Altizer. And uh, anytime you want to hop in, feel free. we got plenty of room for you all throughout the afternoon. So I want to start with this. 
I know it's been a little bit since the joint practices between the Ravens and the Commanders out in Owings Mills. But one thing that stood out to me just from the comments, from what people have said, because I wasn't able to be out there in Baltimore to see the joint practices, but just listening to all the commentary from various sides, and that's why I'm interested to hear from Pete Medhurst coming up at 3.30, because he was out there. But all the commentary I've seen from various sides said that the commanders held their own. And according to some people, maybe it's a little biased because they cover this team each and every day, but from some people even saying that they were the better team out in Owings Mills when they practiced with the Ravens. And why is that noteworthy? Because this is a team that historically, during joint practices, has looked like the little brother to whoever they're practicing with. I mean, you, obviously, anytime you go against the Patriots, you're probably not going to coach better than them. You might coach equal to them if you're an Andy Reid or something like that, but you're never going to coach better than them. But it was so obvious when they practiced with the Patriots that they were outcoached. You've seen it with other teams as well. And so when you go up against a team like Baltimore that has been one of the teams that is a model team over the last, I mean, what, decades since John Harbaugh's been there? Essentially, they've been one of the teams that you want to model your team after. They've been successful. They've gone to Super Bowls. They've won a Super Bowl. You know, they're in the playoff hunt every single year. Even, like, last year when their quarterback goes down and they've got problems going on, they're still a good football team. Those are the sort of franchises that you want to model yourself after. And so when you practiced against the Ravens, I don't know what your thought process was as a fan. I don't know what your expectations were as a fan. I know you wanted them to go up there and get some good work, and it's unfortunate with the Danny Johnson injury like Doc was mentioning. But to hear that they held their own, and not even held their own, but looked better according to some accounts, I think it speaks to the difference you've seen in this team this year. And when you look at the coaching staff, Ron Rivera's the same, Jack Del Rio's the same, Position coaches, you can look at them, but they're not going to make a huge impact to the fact that they're going to look totally different. There's one guy I think you can point to as to the reason that this team looked better in Baltimore. And his name's Eric Bieniemy. It's pretty simple. You know, I just read an article today in The Athletic about the Kansas City Chiefs and how they run training camp and talking about Andy Reid. He comes from that. And it was talking about how tough the training camps are under Andy Reid and saying that... Matt Nagy's quoted saying, if Eric Bieniemy is saying it's tough, then you know it's tough. Because Eric Bieniemy thought it was tough in Kansas City. So apparently what Washington's been enduring is nothing compared to Kansas City. But beside the point, Eric Bieniemy comes in here, and this team looked ready to go. That first day, there was a Ravens commentator on with B. Mitch and Finley. I can't remember who exactly it was, but he came on to the program and basically said, the Ravens didn't look like they were ready at the beginning of practice, and the commanders did. Now, some of that has to do with the Ravens are used to practicing probably around noon, 1 o'clock. The Commanders have been practicing at 9 a.m. all year long, and they started that practice at 9.30, so maybe they're sleepwalking a little bit. But even so, the Ravens didn't come out ready. The Commanders did, and they punched them in the mouth. That's what you want to see. That's the difference. And so I don't see any complaints anymore, and maybe it's just part of the regular news cycle, but I think once you start seeing more and more of this, I don't think you're going to see the complaints of, EB's riding us too hard. If you start seeing results, you go up to Baltimore and you kick their tail in their joint practices, a team that everyone, everyone, whether you're biased or not, is going to agree is better than your team. 
You went up to Baltimore and kicked their tail in some joint practices, and we'll see what happens in the game tomorrow. But you went up to Baltimore and kicked their tail in the joint practices. People aren't going to be complaining about getting coached too hard when they start seeing results on the football field. And I think that's where you're seeing it. And I want to—I didn't get a chance to get into this a couple of weeks ago, just some observations from training camp and how Eric Bieniemy coaches. We all understand now, you've heard how loud he is. If you've been out to training camp, there's one voice that you hear more than any other, and it's Eric Bieniemy. But I don't think it's just the yelling that people think. It's not screaming at dudes' faces. It's not telling a dude he's terrible. It's nothing like that. It's productive criticism. Now, is it loud criticism? Sure. But it's productive. I think one story that I really liked, one part of practice that I really liked when I saw Eric Bieniemy yelling at a guy, I forget who it was. I think it was the tight end Dylan. I can't remember his first name. But he dropped a pass in the end zone. And he kind of laid there and punched the ground a little bit, then got up and ran off the field. And Eric Bieniemy yelled at him. And you would initially think, oh, football coach is yelling. He dropped a pass in the end zone. You've got to catch that. No, that's not what he yelled at him about. He yelled at him about his reaction, about his demeanor, about slowing down practice, those sort of things. And you know what? I can respect that. People are going to drop passes in the NFL. Even Terry McLaurin's going to drop passes. I've seen him drop them in training camp. EB's not riding them afterwards. He understands it happens. It's the things that you can control. I had a professor in college that coached women's soccer with a U.S. women's soccer team. And that's what he would talk about. Control your controllables. If it's something like that, I can get on you about. You're lining up in the wrong spot? Study your playbook. You're not running the right route on the play? You got to understand what's going on. You're not doing the right motion. You're not getting set quick enough. All those things are controllable. I can yell at you about those because you're not doing your job. If you drop a pass, if you trip on a play, that stuff happens. He understands that. That's not what he's yelling at players about. He's yelling about their demeanor and various things. They have a very up-tempo practice. If you decide to lay on the ground because you dropped a pass and sprawl on the ground, you are literally slowing down practice. That's what he's yelling at you about. And so this idea that Biennemi just yells and yells and yells and yells for no reason, you know, Jahan drops it. Jahan, you suck, dude. What are you doing? That's not what he's doing. If Jahan runs the wrong route, come on, Jahan. You got to run the right route, dude. You got to be running this because Terry's running this and you're going to open up space for him. He can yell at him about that. Guys running the wrong play. Guys not getting set quick enough. All those things I think are fine. And I think you understand why. Because little nuances, little things... The details are what separate NFL offenses from being average to good to great. Think about Scott Turner's offense. I think you could say it was okay. It was an NFL offense. If you look at the talent he was given at quarterback position, not great. Maybe if Sam Howell had started the whole year, maybe you see, I don't know. But either way, if you want to classify it as bad, that's fine as well because they've been one of the the worst offenses in the league. Fine. But he was able to run a professional operation. Wasn't good by any means. But you hear Carson Wentz come out and say, all these guys run their routes a little bit differently, and I got to figure... That's not acceptable. If I need you to run an eight-yard in route, I need you to run it at eight yards. You know what I'm saying? Like That's what Eric Bieniemy is going to get on you about. He wants these little details, and there's a reason for it. If you're supposed to run it at this depth, it's because you're either drawing a linebacker up or you're pulling a safety back and you're opening space for the tight end or 
All types of things. It all works together, and that's the beauty of football. That's why we love football so much because, you know, you can watch it as a casual fan, and it looks like a bunch of dudes just hitting each other and occasionally completing passes and running around and hitting each other. That's awesome. But for the people like myself, the diehards, the people that are watching the film afterwards, the people that are diving into it, that play the game, you love it because there's just the little details, right? This receiver's open up the space for this guy on the outside. Now he's wide open because he drew this guy out in coverage. Those sort of things. And that's what enemy is so detailed on. That's what he's harping on. And that's why I don't have an issue with it. That's why I have no issue with him going into these practices and being as loud as he is. And one of the things, too, if you're just mad at him for yelling, he's a football coach. I mean... The fact that it's been like a a church service in Ashburn for practices the last couple of years, it probably explains why this team comes out slow and finishes slow, right? I mean, the the team might be good in the middle of the year, but they're terrible at the beginning of the end when it really matters, right? Probably because there's no intensity. Now you're going to see some of that intensity. We'll see if it translates. I would bet that it does at least a little bit. But I have no issue with the way that he's going about it. And the reason you're going to start seeing the results. You know, we talk about these joint practices in Baltimore. I think they got some good work in. And I think it shows that when you have this burning sensation of desire to get better, especially when it's riding your tail every single day in Eric Bieniemy, you're going to get better, and it's going to show up on the football field. It's something that we haven't seen out of this football team in quite some time. So I'm excited to see what this team looks like Monday night. I'm excited to see what this team looks like at the beginning of the season. You know, ultimately, when it comes down to it, if this team comes out and sucks week one through four, like they have of recent years, then maybe all of this is pointless because no one's going to care what they look like in the joint practices against the Ravens. But what I'm seeing right now, just in the short term, is I'm seeing real results from Eric Bieniemy, And it might not be something where the offense has jump from a bottom five offense to a top five offense. That's not what I'm saying. But just in terms of preparedness, the little things, the things that you take for granted in a professional organization, you're starting to see them. And so I think you're starting to see a real change in Ashburn. And I want to keep talking about this. What are your thoughts on Enemy? You know, I want to I want to get Pete Medhurst's thoughts coming up at 3.30 about this, but... Do you think that enemy is starting to introduce some of that change? How do you feel about it? 800-636-1067. At 4 o'clock, I want to dive into Sam Howell and how long his lease should be. I think there's a answer here. I don't know if I can quantify it, but I'll give you my answer coming up at 4 o'clock. But till then, we're talking about Eric enemy here on 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980, the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back. 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980, the Odyssey app. Coming up in about 10 minutes, Pete Medhurst. I'd tell you where he works, but he works about everywhere these days. <laughs> it seems like he's he's working everywhere. So maybe we'll ask him where he's working now. <laughs> but I want to get his thoughts. He covers Baltimore sports as well as D.C. sports. So no better time to talk about Baltimore and D.C. than tomorrow you got the game coming up between Baltimore and D.C. So we'll talk about that as well as get his thoughts on the Nationals as he does Nats Talk Live. So we'll talk with him coming up in about 10 minutes. But I want to continue discussing Eric Bieniemy Because one thing that if you've been out to training camp, you notice a lot is obviously he's very loud. But one thing that he is constantly harping on and yelling about, get up and get set. You hear it all the time. Get up and get set. Quickly get out of the huddle. Get up and get set. You hear it all the time. And I just saw an article from The Ringer from, I believe it was Steven Ruiz, and he mentioned that in there. Get up and get set. Something that he's always yelling. And I think it's going to be important this year that they do that. And it's something that we can keep an eye on in the Baltimore game that I thought they did a pretty good job of in the Cleveland game. Seemed like there were no issues with the operation, right? This is something that we've talked about with Bienemy being a first-time play caller. We'll see if it comes up in a tense situation, you know, during the season. But from everything we've seen so far, it's been a clean operation. Get the play in, get out of the huddle, get up to the line of scrimmage. And the reason it's important, you know, I, I covered the Packers for a long time, and it seemed like every single time with Aaron Rodgers, he was coming up to the line late, and then he would snap it with one on the play clock. That shouldn't be the case with this team this season. The reason being, so much of this offense is motion and little different things of changing formations and all these different things. So if they're taking a while on the operation and they're getting up to the line of scrimmage with only 10, 8 seconds on the play clock, they're not going to be able to go about doing their things. They need to be able to get up there with, probably about 15 seconds left on the play clock. And that's something, if you've been out to training camp, you notice quite a bit that the enemy's harping. Come on, get out of the huddle, get to your spot. And again, that's why it's important that you harp on these guys. If Curtis Samuel or Jahan Dotson or Terry McLaurin or Antonio Gibson or Cole Turner, one of the skill guys, comes out of the huddle and lines up in the wrong spot, well, there you go. You just set your offense back five seconds because you got to shift sides of the formation. you got to do all these different things. It's important that these guys understand what's going on so that way they can throw in the little nuances. And so I'm excited to see what they can do this year because I think that what we've seen so far in the preseason and the concerns of the offensive line, which from all accounts they looked much better against Baltimore, 
in the joint practices. I guess we'll get to see fully tomorrow. But I think that Biennemi is going to have a lot of things to be able to throw at teams that will be able to slow down that pass rush. I want to see the screen game become more a part of the offense and become more effective. It didn't look very effective against Cleveland, but I didn't think that they were running anything more than a basic running back screen. So we'll see if you know you get into the regular season. They're going to run some complex stuff. I mean, if you've been out to training camp, you've seen them look like Kansas City's offense. You know, running the orbit motion where the wide receiver starts out at the right and he motions across the formation, then loops around behind the quarterback, goes back out to the right. You've seen all those sorts of things. You know, even just working on regular handoffs, they have a guy sprinting in front of the quarterback just to symbolize the motion that they're going to run on lots of plays. So I think you're going to see a lot of what you've seen from Kansas City in it. And that's why it's going to be important for them to be able to do all these various things because. It's very obvious that if you were to just line up and play football and you're just going to have Sam Howell stand back there in the pocket, good luck. It's not going to go well. You know, I just saw some bold prediction things from Pro Football Focus. And for the commanders, it was they'd make the playoffs. Number two was that Sam Howell would be the most sacked quarterback and it'd be the worst offensive line in the league. And I don't know that those are bold. That Really, I don't know that that's that bold. I, I think that Sam's going to be able to escape some of the pressure himself like Heineke did. I think that Biennemi is going to include this screen game. He's going to send guys in motion. He's going to chip. All the various things to try and slow down the pass rush as much as he can. But frankly, if we see what Andrew Wiley did against Cleveland at any point in the season, it doesn't matter what Biennemi calls. At some point, you've got to be able to block a guy one-on-one or at least slow him down, please. Don't get a holding penalty in the end zone like that. Those sort of things just can't happen. So it's going to be interesting to see because I think that Biennemi is going to be able to get into his bag, so to speak, and find some things that can help this team out scheme-wise. You know, it's something that Doc brought up months ago talking about the offensive line that he wasn't super worried because you can scheme for the offensive line. And I agree with that to an extent. The problem is if they can't just do the basic job, then you're screwed. And frankly, with what Wiley did in that first preseason game, he didn't do the basic job. The other guys I thought did a fantastic job, honestly. You know, maybe one or two spots where you were not great. But I thought the other guys were pretty solid. Wiley was not. So we'll have to see what happens tomorrow against the Ravens. But that's where I think that Biennemi is going to be able to work, is he's going to have to find ways to slow down the pass rush. But I... He's got the stuff in front of him, right? He's got a quarterback that's mobile that can make all the throws, and he's got weapons on the outside to get the ball in their hands. You know, do they just get the ball to Curtis Samuel? If they can't slow anyone down, just throw it out to Curtis Samuel on a quick bubble screen and let him pick up five yards. I think there's going to be some ways that they can get around it, but there's definitely going to be concern about this offensive line, and Biennemi's going to have to find a way to do it. All right, we're going to take a break. When we get back, Pete Medhurst, like I said, kind of works everywhere, but... He does Nats Talk Live, also hosts overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. He was out at the joint practices between the Ravens and the Commanders. Want to get his thoughts on what he saw out there, how many guys are going to play for Baltimore tomorrow. Also want to get his thoughts on this Nationals team. They're a lot of fun. We'll talk to Pete Net- Pete Medhurst next here on 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Welcome back, 106.7 The Fan. 
Steam 980 Odyssey app. It's time to get to the BetQL guest hotline and bring in our guy, Pete Medhurst. Pete, what's going on, dude? How's your Sunday going, my man? Not too bad, and I was going to list off your credentials, Pete, but I think the better question is where do you not work these days and where do you work? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, today I'll actually be working at Ocean Downs tonight uh, doing some harness racing, but uh, other than that, uh, you know, right now, they were kind of a hired gun. If, you, if you've got an opening, I'll be there. And uh, one of those is uh, tomorrow night uh, for Ravens Commanders. Was out there this week watching the controlled practices, so to speak, and uh, can't wait to see what uh, unfolds tomorrow night. Is I think both coaching staffs uh, have some terrific competition at a lot of spots and uh, some competition at some spots that isn't as great, but some big decisions that still have to be made because getting from 90 down to 55 or so plus the practice squad is uh i think it's gonna be difficult for both teams yeah and let's start there talking with pete medhurst here on the betql guest hotline so i was talking to open up the show today about how impressed i was that the reports coming out of the joint practices were that the commanders held their own and according to some reports depending upon who it is they thought they were the better team how much do you think that's Eric Bieniemy's effect? Because I think that he has made a difference already just from the fact that they went up there and looked like an equal team at best, you know, even maybe even better. What were your overall takeaways from those couple joint practices? Uh, seeing Tuesday in the flesh, which I'll go off of that one, you know, I thought, the, the look, I think we all know that developing continuity on the offensive line uh, and at any team in this sport, regardless of whether you have, you know, guys like, you know, Zach Martin or, you know, a rookie uh, playing at that position on the offensive line, uh, it, it takes time. Washington's offensive line is going to take time. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. You know, if you've got Charles Leno playing next to a new guy at guard, a new guy at center, and then you've got Cosme making the move to right guard, where from the day he was drafted, I said he would end up at guard. Uh, at some point for his long-term future in this league, it takes time for even the most experienced guys, guys like Leno, guys like Lucas, guys like Wiley, uh, to work in with those guys. And especially now when you're trying to uh, operate some new concepts that Eric Bieniemy has brought to the team. And there's so much that goes into that, you know, with the center uh, making all the calls and all the protections and stuff like that. It just takes a little bit of time. And I thought at times they looked challenged the other day. Uh, FAOA uh, just dominated, uh, I thought, uh, for the Ravens' defensive line on Tuesday. And I thought Washington's offensive line, being able to watch what you could on the, uh, the live cam the next day, did better. Here's where, here's where the best competition was, because both teams have elite people at wide receiver. It was amazing to watch McLaurin and Dotson and then OBJ and Zay Flowers operate against the other team's secondary. Now, Baltimore's secondary right now is ravaged by injuries. Humphrey participated a little bit on Tuesday, obviously had the foot surgery, didn't go on Wednesday. So Washington was going against a, a predominant number of backups, and those guys operated uh, against backups the way you would want them to. They dominated. There was no doubt McLaurin and Dotson uh, put on a show against reserve DBs, but that's it, that you want Hal to do that. You want Brissett to do that. You want those wide receivers uh, to be able to do that as they did. The fun part was watching OBJ and Flowers work against Emmanuel Forbes uh, for the most part 
And I just thought that competition, I mean, it, you know me. I mean, my motto is I love watching elite people do elite things. I saw elite people doing elite things, uh, you know, when those guys were matching up uh, with each other. And for Washington to be successful, the skilled people have to be great. And right now, Forbes represents a tremendous upgrade in the secondary, and we know the depth at wide receiver uh, is going to produce, uh, I think, a, a tremendous amount of angst amongst the coaching staff for Washington as to who they're going to or how many wide receivers they're going to keep and, uh, you know, which ones will have, obviously have a chance to impact on Sundays because I think there's a lot of guys from watching them in the flesh, in that room, in those situations uh, that are going to be, really be able to help Washington uh, at the skill positions. Yeah, I think it's going to be intriguing watching the back end of both the secondary and the wide receivers for who's going to battle to get those last couple of spots. Was there anyone that stood out to you in the joint practices? For, uh, I mean, look, clearly the wide receivers, plus, uh, as I've said all along, too, and, and, you know, Grant, I think, has been really pushing this narrative a little bit as well uh, on their show in the afternoons. When you take a look at Antonio Gibson playing the role that Jarek McKinnon has in that Kansas City offense, McKinnon, the former quarterback in college at Georgia Southern, former triple option quarterback, now you turn loose what I think is an even bigger and a better athlete overall and Antonio Gibson loose in a similar role. I thought Antonio's, uh, his body looked amazing to me the other day. He looked like a guy that was chiseled, that was going to run through people. And those concepts get him out in the open, Toby. And I think that uh, in itself is where I'm fascinated to see the kind of production Antonio Gibson uh, can have this season because I believe he can play that Jarek McKinnon role and really even step it up to a, a higher level because of the toolkit uh, that he brings uh, to the table. Um, you know, another guy that I love uh, running around who looks the part and looked, I mean, somebody's got to come up with some money for him. Uh, they've got to get creative in terms of the cap, I'm sure. Uh, but, but Cam Curl continues. Every time I watch him play football, Toby, I see a guy that gets better. Some people peak. Some people plateau. They're the same player, uh, you know, after you see him for a couple of years. But I see Cam Curl continuing to get better. And if it's not something physically, it's something mentally. It's leadership. It's, it's just simply being in the right place at the right time being in position to make a play against a great playmaker in space. And when you see, you know, some of the drills that they go through uh, in these controlled practices, and let's face it, remember, this is the most work that ones usually get for either team. Um, you know, seeing their ones go against curl and seeing the things that he is doing out there, he just continues to impress you uh, at a position that, you know, let's face it. I mean, was, it was a challenge for this organization for a while uh, to find someone that could be uh, this person, this leader uh, on that side in the back seven. And he has certainly stepped up to that. And uh, as long as he translates to the game starting September 10th, um, that young man's going to start to uh, need some financial advisors at the end of this season. Yeah, I completely agree. I think when you look at their defense overall, I think you could make the argument that he's the second, at worst, third most important player behind Allen and maybe Payne because of how much of an impact he makes and his versatility. Looking ahead to tomorrow, talking with Pete Medhurst here on The Fan, looking ahead to tomorrow, who is going to play for Baltimore? Are they going to play their guys? Are they going to sit them? What's the plan for Baltimore? Uh, 
I, I mean, look, it, my my hunch from John Harbaugh through this whole thing is is you're not going to see many of the ones uh, at all. Um, you know, they they like what they're seeing. Uh, certainly during uh, the the practices, you know, there was a six there was a six pass uh, package the other day in the joint practices where Lamar Jackson was just buzzing it all over the field, and he could have had two more but he underthrew deep balls to Flowers and Beckham, who had beaten the Washington secondary on go balls down the sideline. It could have been eight in a row. But it was the versatility of the package, seeing him hit Andrews, seeing him hit Flowers, seeing him hit Beckham, seeing him hit Justice Hill uh, out of the backfield. I think they're really happy with the work that they're getting uh, in the practices. So I, I don't anticipate you're going to see many of the ones. Maybe you see some defensive guys to, to work. Uh, you know, to see if they can get pass rush at, at game speed. I you know, can't imagine Jadavion Clowney's going to see any action just coming into uh, their camp. And as I said, with Humphrey out, you know, I mean, Ronald Darby, they brought in Ronald Darby off the street this week and didn't play last year. That's how desperate they are right now for cornerback depth. So, you know, quite frankly, uh, to me, it's not necessarily who you're playing against tomorrow night, but how your people execute uh, what you're trying to do, and whether that's how playing. I mean, we saw Kansas City play uh, Mahomes, uh, in, you know, in game two. Uh, we saw some other teams choose not to play their ones. I mean, Anthony Richardson didn't play last night uh, for Indianapolis uh, in their game. So, you know, I mean, every team's got a different philosophy. The, the key is you're, you're going to have to live, the re- live with the results, though, um, you know, come September 10th uh, from not playing those guys. And um, you know, that's, that's ultimately what coaches eventually uh, get their jobs uh, decided on. And, look, John Harbaugh has done this 16 years now in Baltimore. So uh, if it's working for you, uh, you stay with it. And, you know, quite frankly, they know. I mean, they made it to the playoffs without Lamar last year. But winning in the playoffs and having Lamar is a lot better than not having Lamar Jackson. So uh, that's ultimately what they're trying to build for. And I think most uh, football teams are – Uh, trying to build for it, especially at that position. You're just scared to death you're going to lose your top guy. Yeah, I understand all the reasoning for sitting guys. It's just, you know, you look for Washington. They didn't necessarily look the most impressive against Cleveland's ones when they were on the field, so you're hoping that maybe you could get a a glimpse of what they look like against Baltimore's ones. Not sure that they're going to get it, but hopefully they get some good work in tomorrow night. Let's transition over to the Nationals, talking with Pete Medhurst here. On the fan, you hear him on Nats Talk Live after Nationals games throughout the week. What have been your thoughts on this Nationals team? They're so much fun to watch right now. I mean, it's it's it just seems like a totally different team from the beginning of the season. What have been your thoughts on the, the Nats over, like, the last month, basically? I mean, look, I mean, I, I, I go along, you know, you're there. You've actually come to the stadium. You actually come to the games. You watch the games. So you see the same thing that, those of us that go to the stadium are talking about, you know, these guys continue to play hard. Uh, remember Stone Garrett uh, just made his major league debut last uh, August. Okay. So this is a guy that's only been playing essentially a year of, of major league baseball. And, you know, when you start to see progress and the script, I mean, look, that guy can hit a baseball, you know, at, at home plate at nationals park and it could land on Kenilworth Avenue in Prince George's County. He can hit it so far as we saw with that ball he hit in center field the other night, all as a, as, a, as a ticket buyer and then obviously as a baseball manager and administrator, all you ask your people to do is play as hard as they can each and every day. We've seen with some of the ridiculous comebacks they've had that 
they play until they get the 27th out. Um, and yesterday, you know, finally the, the lack of bullpen depth uh, finally caught up with them. But, I mean, how many teams have seven arms that are money in the back end of their bullpen? They're not many. So, you know, it finally caught up with them yesterday. So, uh, to me, just how hard they play, guys like Lane Thomas continuing to uh, develop to an everyday player, to a dependable everyday player. I mean, every team's got to run nine guys out there. I mean, you, you're, you're obligated to run nine guys out there. The question is, are any of those guys any good? And what we're finding out is some of these guys uh, with some time here have turned into – you know, really good players. The the metamorphosis of C.J. Abrams mm-hmm. uh, from the guy since he's been in the leadoff spot, it's amazing what happens with players. You know, when you show a little confidence, you say, hey, we're going to let you grow in this position right here. We're going to give you time. We're going to let you develop. And he's developing into exactly what you want for that leadoff hitter. And he's actually showing you a, a little bit more pop. If a guy makes a mistake in the middle of the, the plate, um, you know, he's going to deposit it, you know, where it's supposed to in situations like that. So I've been fascinated to see some of these guys grow. Ultimately what it does, to be honest with you, I mean, you think about with the outfield depth that's developing now at the minor league level, uh, for those that are following along and seeing what Dylan Cruz has done so far. I mean, look, Dylan Cruz, you you watch college baseball, you know, Dylan Cruz, a ball is below Dylan Cruz. I mean, he sees better than that on Friday nights in the SEC. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he's doing, he's doing an a ball exactly what you would expect him to, uh, would imagine at some point he certainly gets a chance maybe at Wilmington. I would send him up I-83 to Harrisburg and just let him go uh, to that level. And when I mean, you look at what James Wood is doing right now, uh, it's been a while since we've seen a player in the Nats system do the types of things that James Wood is doing right now. And as many have noted now, when you look at what's happening with Abrams, you see what Mackenzie Gore did the other night, just filthy out there uh, on the mound. You see what James Wood is doing. And you see where San Diego is right now, even with Juan Soto. Uh, they're below 500. And, you know, for all of the heat Mike took at that time uh, when the deal was made, and look, they, he, he understands that. I mean, that's what you do when you're a general manager. you got to make tough decisions. You know, the Nats were likely going to be a non-playoff team with Juan, you know, the way they were going. Now you have a sense that the future of this team – um, is going to be pretty good. And you, you have to look, you have to be lucky when you stink. You have to be lucky that the top of the draft produces uh, great players. And I think the Nats uh, were going to be, you know, fantastically lucky, whether it was Skeens or Cruz in that situation. They got one or 1A one in that draft. And that's the kind of player that you can really build around um, going forward. So uh, hopeful, love the catching position right now. It's hard to be better than what Ruiz and uh, Riley Adams have done. Uh, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of great positives uh, involving uh, this team in terms of the future outlook uh, right now. And um, I'm not sure a year and a half ago you had the same confidence if you were a fan because we, we talk to the fans all the time, either in this format or on Nats Talk Live. But now I think those conversations were happening with people uh, because of the work that Mike Rizzo and his staff have done and the people in the player development area. Um, I think those conversations are changing, and uh, I think people are a lot more excited about the future of this baseball team. Yeah, last one real quick, because I know you got to run. We've talked about this on Bust and Loose Baseball, Grant Paulson and I. Uh, we've kind of thrown it around here in the studio just talking off air, but I think there's a realistic possibility that you can look at 2025 as a time that this team could compete once again. Maybe not winning the NL East because of how much of a juggernaut the Braves are, but 
maybe getting to around 500 or even fighting into a wild card spot? Do you agree with that? I mean, look at it this way, okay? Um, I, I said this to somebody else the other day. I think it's not impossible, 25 or 26. Um, we could be looking at a, a 295 World Series potential. Um, but here's, here's what has to happen for both teams. For both Baltimore and Washington, the pitching must get better and more consistent. Is what we're seeing from Jake Irvin, yet another Oklahoma guy, they love drafting Oklahoma arms, is what we're seeing from Jake Irvin the real deal? If it is, this is now an added plus uh, to your system. You know, Cavalli, you're hoping he comes back uh, and can perform uh, at a high level again. You know, you're hopeful. I mean, look, guys come back like the bionic man, it seems like, from Tommy John surgery. So, you know, you're hopeful that that happens. Gore and Gray, they must continue to give you what they're giving you uh, right now. And, and obviously, Josiah going through a little bit of a tough period here. But uh, if those guys continue to play to their potential, you know, I mean, I, it's hard to not like where they could be. It's just you got to remember, I mean, look at what Atlanta is built like and how long they're built for. So your greatest competitor is going to be right there in your division. And, you know, they've got a great young arm and strider to anchor that rotation, um, you know, right now. And, you know, ultimately this game, as you know, it comes down to pitching and whoever's pitching is better. Um, eventually he's going to win games. So if Washington can find the pitching to complement what appears to be guys in the pipeline now who are going to be good uh, players in the everyday lineup, there's no reason why this team can't turn it around. Um, they've been pesky as heck. Remember in the first half of the season, at one point they were two and 17 mm-hmm. versus teams with winning records. And, you know, after beating Philadelphia, uh, the other night, you know, they were 14 and five. They lose yesterday, so they're 14 and six in their last 20 against teams with winning records. So they turned it around, Toby, against the most important teams. Everybody can beat Oakland. Yeah. I mean, we've seen just abs- absurd things from Oakland in a non-professional. I mean, that's why they've only won 34 games this season. <laughs> but when you beat the winning teams, that's when you open people's eyes up, and that's when your fans take notice because now you're doing it against winning clubs not just building a resume against the Oaklands and the Kansas cities who certainly don't seem to be interested in winning in the long term. Free Bobby Witt Jr. from Kansas City, please, as soon as possible because he's a winning player on a very bad baseball team. Totally agree. Pete, appreciate the time. You uh, you hitting the, the heading across the pond for the game against Notre Dame? We leave Wednesday night from Dulles at 8 o'clock and get ready for Navy and Notre Dame uh, next Saturday. It'll be nighttime in Dublin. Two-third in the afternoon back here on the East Coast. So uh, can't wait for the uh, the debut of new head coach Brian Newberry and uh, the mids here for 2023. Obviously going to be a challenging game. Marcus Freeman's got another really good team, got a better quarterback this year in Sam Hartman. So for those of you that hate Notre Dame, uh, probably going to be a frustrating year for you because Sam Hartman makes Notre Dame better. And uh, we'll see what uh, the results lie ahead, though, in this college football season. As we know, it seems to be very unpredictable if your name is not Georgia Ohio State, Michigan, or Alabama no at this kidding. point in college football. So, <laughs> Well, Pete, appreciate the time and safe travels to you, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Yeah, thanks, Toby. Appreciate you. And there you heard from Pete Medhurst. He joined us on the BetQL guest hotline. Sports betting has come to Maryland. Don't place that first bet without checking with BetQL. BetQL analyzes every game to find you the most profitable betting opportunities. Get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting BetQL. Com. Want to talk about Sam Howell? We'll do that in about 10 minutes, but we'll wrap up the EB discussion next.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Appreciate Pete Medhurst for joining us here on 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980, and the Odyssey app. Again, Toby Altizer with you up until Nationals Baseball, which comes up at 6.40 tonight. We'll turn it over to Charlie and Dave out in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, for the Little League Classic tonight. I'm excited to watch it. going to be the Sunday night baseball game tonight. You can catch it on ESPN. So going to be a fun one to check out the Nats tonight. We're going to dive into some Nationals Baseball coming up around 5.30. But wrapping up the Eric Bieniemy discussion, I think that he's a guy that has already made a big impact on this organization, whether it's going to be in the play calling, all those things, I think that's going to be fine, and you'll probably notice it. But I think just the intensity and the professionalism that he's brought to this organization, it's intriguing to me because... Ron Rivera's the same and Jack Del Rio's the same. Why does it seem like, and maybe I'm wrong for making this assumption, but why does it seem like if they would have had these joint practices last year or two years ago, and I understand that some of this stuff wouldn't have been possible a couple of years ago with COVID, but why does it seem like if those teams would have gone to do these joint practices, we would have had a totally different story? I mean, Pete obviously is covering a lot of these things from the Baltimore side, even though he covers Washington as well. So to hear his side of the the perspective, maybe some of it's gotten skewed. Maybe it was more of a toss-up. But again, the fact that it was even a toss-up, you know, the fact that Washington writers could go out there and look and say, yeah, I thought Washington was better. The fact that Baltimore writers could go out there and think, okay, yeah, Baltimore was better, but it wasn't like it was clear as day obvious that they were 100 times better. You know, I think that that shows that there's a total difference. And it just makes you wonder, is it something that Ron Rivera's maybe amped it up a little bit, or is it truly the enemy? Because then it makes you question what's going on with the head coach, defensive coordinator, and it makes you question his comments as well, where he goes in and says all the things he does about the enemy, and then on top of that throws in, well, you know, I'm a head coach. Jack Del Rio's been a head coach. It's like, okay, that's fine. I'm glad you both have the credentials of that. But why is it that this team turned into more of a professional outfit when Eric Bieniemy walked in, not as the head coach, but as the assistant coach and offensive coordinator? Why did it all change then? You know, Antonio Gibson got brought up by Pete. Antonio Gibson's come out and said he's felt like he's in the best shape of his life for football this season because of what they're doing. 
it just makes you question a lot and it makes you wonder what's going to be the future of this franchise because if Bienemy's coming in and making this big of a difference and if you listen to his press conferences he sounds like the head coach to me he doesn't speak as much because he's not the head coach but just even the fiasco of Ron saying all the things that he did and then Bienemy handling it like a pro he sounded like the head coach he sounds like a head coach it's just intriguing to see what's going to happen going forward and if you're a Washington fan, you should be thrilled that the enemy's in town because it means you get that intensity. It means you get that professionalism. It means you get that pedigree of a guy that's won Super Bowls. He knows what it takes, and he's brought that to Washington. And Jack Del Rio, he hasn't been a head coach or an assistant coach on a team that's won a Super Bowl. Ron Rivera, 15-1, and one, that's nice, but how much of that's Cam Newton? You know, those sort of things. So it's going to be interesting to see how the dynamic goes throughout the season. Something to monitor because if Biennium is making this much of a difference and if the Harris group notices it, they'd be foolish to let him walk out of the building because if he's the one making all the difference and that's what they deem, it'd just be dumb to let him become another one of the Sean McVeighs, the Matt LaFleurs, the Kyle Shanahan's leaving the building. That's just kind of my thoughts on it. All right, we're going to take a break from that. I want to get into Sam Howell. Ron Rivera officially named him the starting quarterback. Shocker, not at all. But how long should his leash be? And how long do you think his leash will be? 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. You can tweet me at Toby underscore Altizer. Want to get your thoughts on it? How long should that leash be for Sam Howell? We'll talk about it next year. 1067 The Fan, the Team 980, and the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 